Welcome back to the Queen's School Chester podcast, where we talk to staff, parents and pupils about topics that are relevant to you. In this episode, we speak to someone outside school who's going to give us a real-life insight into what life is like when choosing a school for their children. Kate Whitlock is a mum of two girls, Eleanor and Phoebe, aged 14 and 10 respectively. And she's going to explain what it was like choosing a school, what the feel of Queen's was like when she first stepped inside, what the admissions process was like, and how the girls were when they first joined the school themselves. Now, I love this episode because Kate is external to the school, of course. She's got no agenda and no reason to tell you anything that the school isn't. So it's unscripted, it's real, it's from the heart. And that's what we like on the podcast. Similar, actually, to when we speak to people in the school. Anyway, that's all coming up in this episode. So come with me now as we speak to mum of two girls. It's Kate Whitlock. Kate, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm very good indeed. Thanks. Very good. Uh, great for you to give up your time to be here today. So we really appreciate you being here. We're recording this in December on a very cold day, on a very cold Thursday. What does a typical Thursday look like for you? Oh, a typical Thursday is probably the, the first day of the week that I don't work. So that means I can get in the car and take the girls to school uh, relatively relaxed. <laughs> um, I drop them off and then I come back to, to, to my home and my time is my own until um, I go back to pick them up. Usually football after school on a Thursday and netball. I'm very impressed the way you say that Thursday's the day that you don't work. It's it's almost like Thursday's the day you don't do paid work, I'm guessing, because being true, being a parent true. is is a lot of work. We, we all know what that's like. Tell us about your family. What does that actually look like? So there's myself and my husband. Um, we both work. I work part-time, husband works full-time. And then there's my daughters, Eleanor and Phoebe. Eleanor is um, 14 years old uh, and Phoebe is... 10, very nearly 11. Okay, right. Fantastic. So just tell us a little bit about your background, where you've been living, where you're living now, and, and how all of that looks over the last few years. So we've kind of, our, we call it our true north, because it's up north. In, uh, we live in Widnes at the moment. So that's where we started out. That was our starting point. Me and my husband uh, first uh, lived up there. And then as our careers progressed, we moved down to Hampshire um, in Surrey. Um, and then we bought a house down there and the children started school down there and then we came back uh, to Witness to live in Witness again all our family are around here so that's, that's what we call it our true north we came back mm-hmm. um, and then for another few years we settled down started getting itchy feet again and then the opportunities came for Mark to progress in his career and then we decided to go and live in Belgium gosh wow yeah yeah it was a, a big big move to go over there but it was a really, really good time. We had to, we we did. We have some really fond memories of, of the school over there and the the culture over there, the people over there, um, and definitely Mark has um, you know fond memories of the people that he worked with over there as well. So yeah, bit of an adventure. And then feels like five minutes ago we came back to the UK and and joined Queens. Right. Okay. Gosh. So tell us then about that experience of finding Queen's, checking it out, looking at schools in general, and then deciding that Queen's is the right option for you and for Eleanor and Phoebe? Well, I think it, like most people would do when they kind of approach a task, which has got a lot of answers to it, you kind of do your your desktop research, if you like. So you're looking at, for example, the ISI reports for the local schools, because our location, obviously, with it being witnessed, that's 
for most people it's going to narrow down location wise and travel wise um, where you're prepared to go so that obviously narrows it down but then other things that you can look at like the reports um, definitely looked at the individual schools websites for things like ethos uh, values and kind of tried to get a feeling um, from websites which you know from schools of certain caliber to be fair they're usually slick anyway so that isn't always a way to find out truly how how a school kind of lives and breathes other things i think probably ranking from independent sources i know a lot of like other websites that aren't looking at the schools uh kind of inspecting the schools but they would kind of get like almost like a trip advisor but for schools and they would say like you know um this in the northwest this particular school would rank at this point and it would be based on uh, particularly like parental reviews and, and and how they felt so that was probably the first port of call would be to kind of desktop research and a lot of that as well would be contacting parents that I knew um, previously obviously because we previously lived in witness it was to contact parents that we've attended uh, previous schools because we've never attended Queen's before this point so we obviously attended parents uh, oh sorry we contacted parents who attended other uh, private schools in the area and got their opinion as to um, how they were faring. So in your mind, given that you hadn't been inside Queen's before, it sounds like, did you have an idea as to what the school was like? Any kind of preconceptions? I did, um, because obviously the girls have been educated in similar schools, uh, a girls' school, um, private education previously. So I, I definitely had um, assumptions and pro- probably biases, if I'm honest. Um, I also had a friend um, that worked at Queen's and obviously she was very positive um, about Queen's. But I personally, I always then, if, if I see something on the horizon that is very um, positive, then I take the, the opposite stance to that, which is, is usually a negative one. So trying to get that balanced opinion of like, you know, not everything is 100% perfect, so trying to get the, the real take on, on what, what Queen's was like, which um, had a lot of contact from the school, um, which really felt like I got myself there. Like The contact that I had from them was timely, and it was consistent, and it was for a reason. So that was something, you know, at the beginning, when it was just like, can you send me a brochure? Can you send me some information? I'm just thinking about that was very timely and um, appropriate. And not, and not at all salesy or pressurised in any way. It's interesting, isn't it, how we can quickly form an opinion of an organisation such as a school based on actually very little criteria. You know, when you when you ring a school, for example, even just small things like the way that the receptionist might answer the phone can very quickly form your opinion. So was was an all-girls environment important to you? Was, was the school that they were at when you were down south in the UK, was that all-girls or was that co-ed? When they were in the school down south uh, in Hampshire, that was all-girls. Um, but when we went to Belgium, that was co-ed. It's something that I think in the right school with the right ethos can be an advantage just for girls, obviously, um, with having just girls. But it's not something that would sway my decision to put my child in a school or against it. It's not something that was a, a huge category for me personally. Because some people do feel like being in an all-girls environment is is not a reflection of true life. Obviously, when you speak to people within Queen's, they have a different opinion of that. Everyone seems to have their own opinion. But tell us what your thoughts are regarding all-girls versus co-ed. I think it's the way that you do it. It's not the fact that you do or don't do it. I think it is the way that it's done. So if you 
take out, for example, if you take one opinion, you take out boys out of the environment for, for girls to learn, then, you know, you, you could say that there's less distraction, but smaller class sizes could quite equally get you that less distraction as well. So there's kind of arguments on both sides for me. And the one thing which it felt was more appropriate for, for Queen's was the ethos and the, the leadership opportunities that were given to the girls. So they they were focusing on, the, I think, the things that if they went to a co-ed school, potentially, traditionally, you would say that maybe boys would get leadership opportunities uh, over the majority of, of girls. So if you, you put yourself in an all-girls environment, then, you know, girls are going to get more leadership opportunities. And that was something that leadership and empowerment for me, them, them two things, was something that I think that Queen's did and Queen's talked about and, and lived and breathed more than any school that I've ever been to. So it's not the kind of the exclusion of the boys. It's what they did with that space that that created. Yeah, I see. I see. Okay, so tell us about those leadership opportunities then that you saw. And you mentioned the ethos as well. I mean, what was it that you actually saw within the school when you when you visited before the girls went there? But very specifically for me, it was uh, Mrs. Woodruff. And she explained or described to me part of the school of the school building is very old and they had to do some kind of restructured to it and it was a balcony and part of this uh, balcony was um, needed planning permission from the local council Um, and this is something that you would expect a teacher to be in control of and they will contact you know different things but there happened to be in that year at school there happened to be girls that were interested in how they would do that from an engineering perspective you know like a construction perspective and you know to kind of like you know if they for example if they went um into property or anything like that to kind of to and they got the the girls to apply for this planning permission and see it through themselves so they were they were immediately for me were walking that you know as well as talking kind of thing they were doing what they said they were going to do so instead of just saying no this isn't anything to do with school this is something to do with the structure of the school but yet they seen it as an opportunity for girls to contact the local council to say we need this planning permission what's the process to start the process to be part of it and to finish it and see it through and I just think that's unusual and I think that that was very uh inspiring i was thinking that's what i want for my girls no i love that yeah that sounds fantastic that really does so then when you found out about that and then you decided to visit the school i mean did you come along for for an open day was it an open morning yeah yeah heather thistlewood uh at first was the lady that i was in contact with the most and it was nice to have like that one person for everything you know rather than a one person for say Phoebe because she, she was in year six or going into year six and another um, kind of person for Eleanor who was going into year year 10 it was just it was just Heather at the beginning and that was great because she would bring people in she'd bring uh, tutors in for example and um, but it was good to kind of stick to one person then I only had one person that I would uh, ask questions to but then yeah that kind of introduced me to the school uh, in that way. And then tell me about your initial feel for the school, because sometimes people say that, that you know, you, you can look at a website, you can look at, you know, uh, d- different results tables and things like that. You can talk to friends, but it's only when you actually step inside a school that you get a feel for it yourself, almost like choosing a home, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think, again, it was, you get the impression immediately that the ethos and the standards that you've been 
told and that you've read that you might have looked up are living and breathing and and you see really minute really micro examples of it the way you walk through a corridor and the the year sevens which typically would be quite shy you know first year of senior school they'd be hello 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 you know just acknowledging the fact that a, a stranger is in school and just saying hi um, so to have in that kind of uh, confidence of the real young people and also as well if there was like a, an, a, an official presentation like a, a, an official meeting that we went it would usually start with a presentation of maybe um, of a relevant pupil so if it was for example about you know you're taking your GCSEs in year, in year uh, 10 it would start usually by a pupil who was just took their GCSEs. If I was going, and it, it may potentially be a sixth former who's talking about university applications, they use the pupils as honest and open mouthpieces for, for the ethos of the school. So you can quite easily see from micro examples to really, you know, macro examples that um, the teachers aren't doing it when you're looking <laughs> they're doing it they're doing it on a daily basis and that is reflected in the pupils that that are already there now, of course that's easy enough to see once you're there but i'm going to guess that if you, I'm, i might be wrong here but at the time when you were in belgium you were probably looking at schools in the uk before you moved across i'm guessing we knew that we would have to choose a school in belgium before um, obviously school started so we knew that we had to make the choice before uh, we left Belgium. Oh so making the choice for the school in the UK before you left to go to Belgium yeah. in the first place. Oh gosh wow so that's very much advanced planning. So again and again Heather kind of helped us with like dates that we could just kind of fly home and um, have taste of days uh, and then go back at uh, the amount of time and dates that we tried to get with Heather and how flexible she was um and accommodating and last minute sometimes uh, from our perspective not from Heather's um, to come in and say you know can we come in on this date um, to kind of see how the girls felt and obviously because the girls needed to, to see the school before they actually went there and then we came home in the July started in the September and I can honestly say that by the time we got home I felt like I knew the school which is quite a strange thing to say considering you know, because we just had a lot of contact from different points of the school, including parents and teachers and pupils at this point, which, you know, it's quite extensive, really, when you think about it in, in quite a short uh, frame of time, which was from the January, we made the decision that we were coming home. So this is like, you know, six months. And then once we knew the date that we were landing in the UK, we got then um, invites to all sorts of um social gatherings like the sausage sizzle party that we went to that was the first ever queen's uh, social that we went to at lower school and then phoebe was introduced to some of her um school friends that would be there in september so with me there feeling safe having a sandwich and a, and a cup of tea with other mums she got to go and play in the school environment that she was about about to join and then that was maybe for like a two hours so to, to give the confidence that gave her to see queens on day one and it not be brand new was was really really helpful and yeah a massive part of like of how relaxed 
the children felt. And now, of course, the girls are at the school and I'm presuming that they're settled in and, and that they're very happy with everything. But but tell us, well, actually, not wanting to put words in your mouth there, but tell us how they are, actually. I mean, you know, what was it like for them in the, in the first week, in the first month, in the first term? I'd probably say, to be really true and accurate in the first week it was really nerve-wracking for everybody for including me because then it's the, it's the it's the result time isn't it it's it's the the result the feeling that you get it's like you know is this has this been the right choice have we made the right decision and I think it was week three or four that Phoebe came to me she's in year six lower school and she came home to me and she gave me the speech that she was writing out in order to put herself forward or house captain and that was for me my youngest child is quite an introvert so for me that was huge in the sense of she was able to stand up in front of her peers of what felt like five minutes to do this speech stroke presentation as to why they could rely on her <laughs> why they could rely on her to um, be a house captain at Queen's and that for me was such a win it was it was such a success uh, that she'd felt confident enough that I knew then that the children had definitely embodied the the ethos which the teachers speak of and that that was like a, a wow moment and then how about Eleanor? I think you said Eleanor was joining in year 10. I mean, clearly mm-hmm. year 10 is a, well, year 10 and year 11, they're both yeah. very, very important years. So that's not something that, that you want to chance it going wrong even slightly. How was she? How quickly did she settle in? Amazingly well. I think probably it took her a little bit longer because I think the social aspect at that age for a 14-year-old is a little bit more um, risky, shall we say. It's more important. It seems to have more um, of an impact, but week by week uh, I think it was again on week six that she told me that eventually she wanted to be head girl that was her like long-term aim at Queen's after being there again what felt like five minutes and I was just thinking what is it that that they're doing (laughs) you know in in this school it is it it was quite um it was quite an effect and I was I was a tad jealous if I'm really honest because I'm thinking I've not had this effect on my own children I think I need to employ some different tactics um and she was introduced to uh, other children that she quickly uh, had some kind of commonality with. I can't believe I'm going to say this. She's really studious now. She she like she's hurry. If we we're coming home and we end up going shopping after school, and she's like, "Mom, I need to get home quickly because I need to do my homework." <laughs> and it's not a pressure. It's an organisation thing, and she wants to she wants to be seen by her friends. Um as you know organized and and studious and diligent and I think in if all again all the pupils are living that way then she wants to be the same as 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 her peers and if her peers are all studious and really good you know fantastic students then yeah I'm thinking I'm really happy with not just the academic progress that she's made in a short period of time but it is the attitude that I see from a fourteen-year-old, which is is quite hard to uh, <laughs> to, to master. But she's definitely got on board and um, and really took on what was on offer from football, which she'd never done before. She she's she really started to explore what can I achieve in school? You know what 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 can I achieve? And I just loved the questions that she was asking, the attitude she was showing me. 
and I'd like to say it was me, but it was there was some direct correlation there between Eleanor starting Queens and her being really, you know, dedicated to her studies, which was just amazing. Well, they say, don't they, that you become the average of the people that you hang out with. So, so it sounds to me like there's an abundance of good people that she's able to mix with. Kate, lastly, what tips or advice would you have for someone who was in your shoes, say, a year ago, that someone's going through right now, someone looking at different schools right now? What would you say to them? I do think a lot of schools tend to, especially if you're looking at, you know, groups of, or should I say different schools, I suppose intuition, go go with your gut feeling and your intuition because people, parents that obviously have a great kind of consideration for, for education for the children, you will get all the things right, like what score of uh, GCSE does the school uh, attain? What what A level does uh, score does the, the school attain? That I hate to say it's a given because it, it it isn't it's but it is a given for the school because they're like you know retrospective uh, statistical records, which is great. But for the longevity and kind of suitability, it's got to be kind of the consideration of uh, the personality of of the kids and how you know, the parents are going to fit with this school as well. And I particularly liked and love Queen's because I feel like it gives my children an edge. And I don't feel like they need to get, you know, all A stars at GCSEs. There's, there's no pressure or expectation there for that. For me, I want I wanted my children to be exposed to leadership skills from a, from a female perspective which was definitely achieved and it has been achieved at Queen's and to give them an edge I want I wanted the x factor if you like there's something magic going on at Queen's I seriously seriously think there is there's something a little bit different about Queen's in the sense of the what it embodies and how they translate and how they give that to the to the girls that the girls that go and it's definitely something very unique even though I can't sometimes and always quite put my finger on it. <laughs> so good to hear that and Kate really good to get your opinion especially you being external to the school to give us a different aspect of life at Queen's. I should leave you to get back to your Thursday especially given that Thursday is one of your days where, where you get a bit of time to yourself it sounds like so on that basis I really really appreciate you being here giving up some of your time and thank you very much for being here. No problem thank you. So that was Kate Whitlock coming to us from her home on a cold Thursday morning. Kate, thank you so much for being open, for being honest and for sharing your story with us here today. To find out more about the admissions process, just get in touch with the school. You can go to thequeenschool.co.uk or Google Queen's Chester and you'll find it there. Or you can visit themagicofqueens.co.uk for something special. What a great website name, by the way. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.